Ransomware, where has it come from and how is it going to be evolving? Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group. And to help me answer that question, I'm joined by Jake Williams, the founder of Rendition InfoSec. Jake, thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. Super happy to be here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I would love to jump in with the evolution of ransomware. You run an incident response firm or a firm that provides incident response. You've been looking at ransomware. You have your ear to the ground. How are you seeing it evolve? You know, really, the ransomware evolution is, is so stark at this point that, so I actually work with the IANS, the Institute for Applied Network Security. I'm on faculty over there, and we've actually dubbed the revolution or evolution of this so much as calling it ransomware 2.0, because it's so fundamentally different from what we saw a couple of years, even to a couple of months ago. So we're really looking at really targeted APT-style tactics that we're seeing these ransomware groups use. It used to be drive-by download. You would expect maybe a five, ten thousand, twenty thousand at the outside kind of ransom, and we're seeing six-figure plus ransoms now, and they're being paid. We are yet to broker our first million-dollar ransom at my firm, but we've brokered several uh, multi-six-figure ransoms this year alone. And so, you know, again, it's really an evolution that a lot of folks are just not prepared for. As someone with expertise in offensive security. Are you surprised by this? I, I don't think so, right? I mean, really, ransomware at the end of the day is a game of how to maximize the payout, right? And the attackers uh, obviously can't demand a hundred thousand dollar ransom for a single machine, and the number of times that they're getting that five or ten thousand dollar ransom for a single machine in an enterprise environment are very, very low. So what we've seen them do is we've seen them come into networks and they're now maneuvering around the network before they encrypt anything. They are surgically targeting backup solutions. And so if you're planning for your backup, your online backup to be basically your saving grace in this scenario, don't, right? Because they are spending in many cases up to six weeks, right? In networks, trying to pivot through the network, find the backup, nuke the backup, and then simultaneously take out, you know, a couple hundred servers at the same time. This is a shock and awe kind of moment. And so in one sense, I want to go fist bump the attacker and be like, dude, way to maximize that payout, right? They maximize the pain. You've got an organization in chaos, and, and often it makes great business sense to pay the ransom. So I'm not surprised that they evolve, but whew, man, does it hurt when you're on the other side of that. What have you been seeing attack-wise in terms of the types of attackers that are dropping ransomware? I've heard sometimes it's the same group that will initially gain access. Mm -hmm. And I've heard sometimes a group gains access, looks for anything valuable, and then hands off to the quote-unquote less skilled attackers, which may monetize that via ransomware. Have you seen any evidence of one over the other more recently? I would say that very interestingly, to one point, the less skilled attacker thing, I think that's really in your, your ransomware 1.0 kind of category. The, the folks that we're seeing are highly skilled. Now, I'm not saying all ransomware attackers are highly skilled, but the mega ransomware breach kind of thing that you're hearing about in the news these are relatively skilled uh, skilled attackers. And so uh, one thing that we're noting there is that Emotet, or Emotet, depending on who you talk to, basically that's being used in many cases to enable ransomware attackers into the environment. So very often, you know, folks will step back and say, well, that's Emotet, no big deal, commodity infection, it was caught by my antivirus, and so we're done. And I'm like, time out, you're not done, right? That in particular, and I'm not saying they're the only ones, but in particular, we know that they sell that botnet operator sells access to other attackers who then follow on with other malware that your endpoint solution may not have caught, right? And if that's a ransomware attacker, you can expect once they find the backups or realize that they can't get to the online backups, you're going to have a very involved event 
Potentially an expensive day. Oh, very expensive day. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and the reality is that we often focus on the, the ransom costs and the ransom costs are negligible, negligible compared to loss of business opportunity and the business disruption caused by those attacks. Is your first point of contact with a lot of the organizations you work with on ransomware the, oh no, we've been crypto locked? Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of calls to the 800 number, right, that say, oh my gosh, or they hit the insurance company who then says legal counsel and legal counsel calls us. But unfortunately, there's very little that we do. I say very little. We do far less prevention and strategizing with folks before an event than we do responding to an event. Now, of course, post-event, we talk about how to like, A, detect it early to stop, uh, you know, limit the damage, segment network, et cetera. But yeah, most of our contact is out of the blue. Yeah. Now, you were speaking at Black Hat Europe in London. And you were talking about false flag operations. Yes. One of the many interesting points raised in that talk was the use of ransomware. You said you've seen some cases, or suggestion anyway, that APT attackers might drop ransomware to try to cover their tracks. Could you expand on that? Yeah, sure. Um, ransomware is an amazingly effective anti-forensics tool. And it's a very specific type of anti-forensics tool, right? We talk in security about that intersection, your security being that intersection of confidentiality, integrity, and availability. And most often our APT groups are, or the people we think about it with APT and, and computer security are targeting that confidentiality side. But in many cases, we have seen the attackers, and this is not something they do when they need long-term sustained access. But in a, a, one of those messier smash and grab kind of operations where they know that they've left a forensic trail because they were told, go get it right now. And they definitely have left some uh, artifacts behind. We've seen them deploy ransomware. We've seen uh, at least two different nation state groups attributed to different nations that have done this. I'll, I'll belay which ones because stuff. But anyway, but alas, we've seen two of them do this. And, and that's uh, that, that's pretty concerning because at this point, what you have effectively is you're responding to this ransomware event. And many people, most firms, I'll tell you that we talk to, basically are like, hey, just focus on getting them back online. And I'm like, definitely do that, right? But but let's also look at the what was this? Was this really a ransomware attack or was this really a larger operation where they then dropped ransomware on the way out? And I'll say too, a question we often get asked about that is, do you think that the APT group is then receiving the cryptocurrency? And that's an absolute no. They're just going to grab and commodity ransomware and dropping it. Pure scorching the landscape as they exit. That's it, exactly. Because it does cover the tracks amazingly well, and it diverts your attention. When you're encrypting files, deleting event logs, or deleting volume shadow copies, it's all the stuff I'd want. Well, not the encrypting files necessarily, but a lot of it's what I would want to do for anti-forensics anyway. But now you have the added bonus of, oh my gosh, right? They are devoting all their attention to recovering these systems and maybe not the forensic analysis. And it looks like cybercrime. It totally looks like cybercrime. Yeah, it's a great cover. So we've talked about prevention. And for years now, experts have been recommending what organizations should be doing. We see too few organizations doing that. Yeah. At the same time, you've detailed the increased sophistication of attackers. They're getting better at their game. They're hitting more computers at once to try to get a bigger payday when people do pay. What else do you see coming up as ransomware is evolving? As far as stuff that uh, expect to see with ransomware groups, I think that they're going to start doing some more targeting of your SAN solutions. It's your storage area network. And even in the mid-size organization, network attached storage units, we're already seeing a couple of groups explicitly target those. And I think overall, that's going to be something we see them do. It takes very little, you know, not necessarily going to encrypt an entire SAN, but encrypting small portions of a SAN can take you offline. I think that that's going to be something that we uh, that we see some targeting of. 
But again, we'll see. I guess when it comes down to it, it's going to be whatever they figure out that's going to maximize damage and maximize the chances of payment. In a way that, in theory, can be reversed. Right, right. Well, that's obviously critical, right? One of the things that a lot of folks, I think, miss is the uh, the fact that your ransomware groups, they actually consider themselves professionals. So when they chat with you, when they talk to you, they're trying to build a rapport. They're trying to say like, hey, you know, we're professionals. We have to be paid for our time. It's almost like they're giving you a pen test. Like the model that we see some of the cybercrime groups communicate is, we gave you a free pen test. We're just guaranteeing we get paid for it. We found your vulnerabilities. I'll actually tell you how they got in. And most of the time, it's accurate. So not only cybercrime, but cybercrime with a smile. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, they've got a better... I'll, I'll tell you, a couple of the ransomware operators that we work with consistently, and I, I feel dirty saying that, but that we work with to recover client systems consistently, they have better customer service than some of the software support that I pay for. That is a chilling thought. Indeed. Jake, thanks so much for sharing your ransomware insights today. Definitely. Appreciate it. I've been speaking with Jake Williams of Rendition InfoSec. I'm Matthew Schwartz with ISMG. Thanks for joining us.